Broadcasting live from not crazy, just mad. This is Pop Culture Reference, your one-stop reference for all things pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Seamus Connolly. And I'm one of your other hosts, Garrett Strother. And this week, we've actually got an extra special guest that I'll let introduce himself. Hey, what's up? So my name is Rocky Kari. I uh, am uh, good friends with Garrett and Seamus through uh, film school at UWM. And uh, I have a YouTube channel with my brother called Culture Cantina, where uh, we talk about just random stuff we really enjoy. So like movies, TV, video games, music, just like uh, Garrett and Seamus. So I really appreciate you guys having me on. And yeah, I'm excited to just geek out and talk about random stuff. (laughs) Yeah, we're big fans of Culture Cantina, and it's a shame your brother couldn't come on this week, but we'd love to have him on another time. Yeah, no, absolutely. My brother's actually taking uh, one of the CFA exams, so he's he's crazy. He's studying, like, every day, so he was, I told him about this. Yeah, I told him about this. He's like, dude, I have work, and then right after, I gotta study, so, but he (laughs) says, um, he can't wait to listen to this when it comes out, so. But yeah, he, and, he, and he appreciates the invite, of course. Right on. Well, we're again, we're so happy to have you on the show this week. I'm definitely ready to get down and just like nerd hard with a lot of what we got to talk about today. But how about we jump into some news and see what we got over there? Yeah, I would love to. So starting off a topic that Seamus and I are so thrilled for, <laughs> Fast and the Furious 10 is coming out April 2023. Is Fast 10 your seatbelts? still on the table i don't know uh, i if anything i think fast 10 your seatbelts it's got to be the log line or something or maybe they'll just say the line in like a deadpan way in the movie <laughs> but rocky i know you're not as entrenched in the fast and the furious franchise as me and garrett are uh we we actually did a 24-hour marathon recently of every single movie leading up to the uh the newest one that just came out so we're kind Jesus. of Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was truly a feat that I did not think we were going to get all the way through one night. But I mean, now we're uh, fans forever, I think. And we're, we're stuck just being excited inherently about two years from now when Fast and the Furious 10 comes out. Seamus <laughs> and I actually haven't watched F9 yet because we haven't gone out to the theater. And I think we can finally rent it from home now. So wait, Seamus, hold on. We totally have a blank spot next week. Is it finally time? Is this horrible? (laughs) Are we doing it? I think it's time. (laughs) God help us. Well, stay tuned, folks. It's going to be something. But coming up next, something that I think Rocky will have a little bit more to say about is the excellent new trailer for the Star Wars anime series coming to Disney Plus, Star Wars Visions. Rocky, what do you think of this trailer? All right, so question for you guys before we talk about the trailer. Are you guys, uh, what is your relationship with anime? Very limited. I have seen a few anime films, but that is about it. Okay. I, on the other hand, am pretty deep in it, Rocky. I gotta tell you, I'm pretty... I've got many favorites. I've watched enough to have some that I I don't even like that much. Uh, when I heard that Star Wars Visions was coming out, I was I was totally pumped. And after seeing this trailer, man, I gotta say I am I am insanely excited. I I, I love this trailer. Seamus, do you have like a number one favorite anime? I love Assassination Classroom. That one tickles me in a way that I don't understand. It's just so weirdly gruesome and so cheery at the same time. Uh, I'm not caught up on My Hero Academia. I know that's a big popular one, but I I really enjoy that one a lot. But what about you, Rocky? What's what what do you got? 
with the anime, I, I've seen a good amount of movies, but in terms of shows, I have just started like getting into the really highly rated ones and, you know, the ones that people tend to recommend a lot. Out of the ones that I've seen, probably my favorite would be Cowboy Bebop. I know that's like a basic answer, but I, I just, I love it. That is one that's been on my list since the very beginning. I've heard nothing but incredible things about it. And as a recent Firefly fan, I know that like <laughs> everything in Cowboy Bebop is is what I'm craving. So Yeah, I highly recommend Cowboy Bebop. It's incredible. But anyways, uh sorry to go off the anime tangent, but no back man, to Star I love Wars it. Visions. Uh, back to Star Wars Visions, Seamus, like you said, hearing that Star Wars was doing an anime, I was like, that is so weird, but I am totally for it. And before this trailer came out, when they had mentioned how it's not going to be canon because they gave all of the creators like pretty much 100% freedom to do whatever they want. I feel like it's a double-edged sword because on one hand, the stories are going to be so over the top, like in a, in a good way, you know, like, like they're going to be able to take these Star Wars elements and really elevate them. But then at the same time, there's going to be stories where like, because the one shoot, I think it's called the duel, where it's like a really powerful light side user and a really powerful dark side user fight. And I think that one actually takes place in the timeline after episode nine. And that is like such a cool idea. I feel like some of the, the magic of it is going to be taken away for me personally, knowing that it's not going to be canon. That being said, I am still super hyped. Um, I'm going to watch the dubbed with my family and then alone I'm going to watch the subbed version because I know my family's going to be like, I don't want to read subtitles. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm very, very, very excited for it. One of the things that me and Garrett were, were getting on about before was that because it's non-canon, they are going to go off the rails, but kind of the, what we were theorizing was that if people really go crazy about any specific aspect of these episodes because i think each episode itself is disconnected from uh each other it's all anthology but they'll probably figure out a way to fit in the most popular aspects of this series into further like actual canon stuff down the line kind of like a test run basically to see what people gravitate to Exactly, yeah. From the small pieces we saw in that trailer, I would love to see more of those wacky lightsaber designs. The spinning oh, umbrella yes. lightsaber, I'm ready yeah. for it, you know? There's so like, cool. I think I saw more whip-based lightsabers. I think that's been in some extended universe stuff, but I, I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I love to see the weird stuff like that. That's actually interesting. We'll kind of circle back to this in a way for our pop culture reference, but the first young adult novel in the High Republic series of Star Wars that's been coming out lately has a whole kind of like subplot dedicated to that some Jedis during the High Republic era essentially modded their lightsabers to turn into whips. Oh, that's Whoa. very, very cool. I'm very into that. Check it out. It's called A Test of Courage. I think it's by Justina Ireland. I love the idea of modding your lightsaber to do stuff like that. I'm in. Oh, I have only read uh, Light of the Jedi and The Rising Storm. I have not read the young adult novels, but I do love young adult novels, so I, I should definitely check it out. But back to the Visions trailer, we were talking about lightsaber mods, and there was somebody at the very beginning of the trailer loading up their kyber crystal into their lightsaber with like a pull action, almost like a shotgun shell. Yeah. And that was really cool. Yeah, definitely loved that a lot. And that shot especially going with this really cool music they have going on with the trailer too has got me just, I'm all about everything that I saw. One other thing is that I think it's very smart of them to do distinct anime styles for each episode and having different studios work on them. I think that just gives it a lot more variety and uniqueness. Yeah. It makes it like a true anthology. 
absolutely it's gonna make each episode have its own distinct feel in a way that if they were just like oh we'll get one japanese anime studio to to come Mm -hmm. in and do a star wars series even if it were an anthology series i think this is much more reverent to the culture behind anime it's not just saying anime is this one thing and slapping a sticker on it that says star wars and selling it maintaining a seeming reverence for the art form Do we know if this is going to be week-to-week releases, or is this going to be all at once? I'm pretty sure they're dropping it all at once. Yeah, yeah. You know, I maybe would have even liked the week-to-week to to see each new style once a week, something new every time, to kind of let the one I see marinate each episode. But then again, it's going to be really interesting to just be able to compare this entire season pretty much all at once. Visions, even though it's completely different, obviously, but it it reminds me a lot of uh, What If. What if I feel like it makes sense that they're doing it week to week? Because then, like Seamus said, it lets you marinate on every episode. And, like, personally, I really like the week by week instead of the season drops that, like, Netflix and stuff do. I feel like that's just, I don't know, it just makes it more hype. Like, Agreed. I think on Pop Culture Reference, we definitely have the weekly release stamp of approval. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not that we couldn't talk about Star Wars Visions for another thousand years, but I think we should move (laughs) on to our last piece of news, which is also Disney Plus series related. Dominique Thorne from Judas and the Black Messiah and If Beale Street Could Talk has been cast as the MCU's Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart, and it's confirmed that she will be, in addition to the Ironheart series, be appearing in Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. Maybe... Riri Williams kind of is counterpart to Shuri or something like that. They kind of seem both like young genius women that kind of might be taking up that superhero role soon. I know nothing about Ironheart. I, um, but I think implementing her is really cool, especially like in Black Panther 2 as well. I very much think that Shuri is going to be the one who takes like the Black Panther mantle. I, I'm 110% on that train. Seamus, like you said, with you could have like a mirror story between one becoming Black Panther and one becoming the new Iron Man or Ironheart. So that, that would be cool. It makes me wonder, is Riri Williams going to be Ironheart when Black Panther 2 starts? Or is the, are they going to kind of go on that journey simultaneously? That's a good point. Riri Williams might just stay a normal character for the entirety of Wakanda Forever and come into that Ironheart character in the series. Because I think that is a really cool thing that I really appreciate in these longer form interconnected stories where we can get to know a character before they're a superhero and they're just a person living their life and getting to know their ideology which is actually we're going to be talking about what if in one second something i really enjoyed kind of getting a glimpse into in what if but i think we should start talking about our main segment what if let's do it So for today's main segment, we're going to be talking about episodes one and two of the Marvel Anthology series, What If, now streaming on Disney+. To start off, we're going to talk about those first two episodes, general thoughts, and then in a few minutes, we'll mark official spoilers where we'll talk about them completely in depth. Garrett, you were saying you've been hit by that wall. You're getting a little tired on the the whole Marvel stuff, and I, I completely understand that. Loki definitely... Totally did it for me, and, and oh, yeah. that, that kind of started. That started back on the the rise again for me for sure. But um, completely agree I feel with that. Yeah, you like, dude. Loki loved it. But mm-hmm. this what if series? I I'm, I'm having a lot of fun, and maybe it's because I know that everything is just kind of 
for the fun of it. Everything is non-canon. Everything really is what if, and I don't have to, you know, focus as much, maybe worry as much about how the greater universe is being torn apart by these alt decisions. I am finding myself really enjoying these. I mean... I think I liked the second episode more than the first, but I, that it just gives me it gives me hope that well, it's for a very specific purple friendly reason, Garrett. But <laughs> I agree. I am, yeah. I am on Seamus's boat with that. I watched both of them today, so before I think I only watched the original trailer for it, and I didn't want to see too much. Uh, but I actually don't know any of the other ones, and I kind of want to keep it that way because I feel like going in not knowing would be like just a little uh, like more exciting i guess when i saw the trailer i was very like oh my god i do not like this animation style i actually felt the same way about um into the spider-verse before i saw it interesting okay when i saw into the spider-verse i was like this is amazing this the not only the movie but all the animation i was like this is perfect you know feels very comic booky and i definitely feel that way about what if too i think they really did a good job with the animation you know it's very clean it's very cartoony in the sense that kind of similar to Clone Wars, but more comic booky, if if that makes sense. So I liked that a lot. And the first episode, one problem I have, which is I did not like that these were only like about 30 minutes each. I felt like, you know, they really have to run through some things. For example, in the first episode, like, you know, there were some scenes like, you know, with love interest that I was kind of like, I felt were kind of weak just because they didn't have a lot of time on it certain like emotional moments that didn't really hit as much as I wanted to but I will say that like Seamus said I love the funness of it I think like getting funky with Marvel is really cool I like the ideas but some of the execution is kind of lacking for me associated animation is a weird thing for me you want to talk about the art style for a second where I like it sometimes and I appreciate that it's supposed to look like a comic book in this I think it feels like a little too clean for me, almost. Like, it just feels so computer-generated. As opposed to something like Spider-Verse, or even, like, think about the Walking Dead Telltale series. That's exactly what I was going to bring up, actually, Garrett. Like, it has that hand-drawn element of cell shading kind of maintained. And this feels a little too clean for me. I think that the actual animation, the way the characters move in this is really interesting, especially, I thought, in the Captain Carter episode. It felt really fluid, and it had a lot of character to it, which is really let down by the fact that these character models do not lend themselves to facial expressions, which is another thing that I think is bizarre about this art style. But I also want to address, Rocky, what you said about the timing on these. I thought that the Captain Carter episode was... About the length it needed to be, I agree with you that they did rush through some of the character scenes that I wish they'd spent a little bit more time on. But also, and we'll talk about this more in spoilers, the fact that it is so largely a just a retread of the first Captain America movie means that they kind of had a shorthand that allowed them to skip through some scenes and some plot points that they didn't need to fully explain. That's a fair point. My entire issue with the second episode was the fact that that was the concept that had so much potential to me, and it felt like just a series of in-jokes. It felt like a how-it-should-have-ended that went on for 30 minutes. (laughs) For all the one-liners that Bucky had in the episode one, like where he's like, uh, anyone order calamari? Give me a break. (laughs) I watched it alone in my room, and I was like, 
bro, I am cringing alone in my room right now. <laughs> I, like, I didn't hate these. I really didn't. I think I am saying most of the negative things that are being said among the three of us. They're fun little exercises. Chadwick is doing a great job. He really is. A lot of these actors are not well suited to voice acting because it's a different art mm. form. Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of T'Challa felt seamless. I forgot that Chadwick Boseman was able to voice T'Challa in this. So when I was watching it and he turned and he spoke, I was like, oh my God. Like that was, <laughs> that my heart really soared at that moment. I was like, that is so sweet. Yeah, would you guys want to get into the spoilers of it all now? I, I'd love to hear the specifics. Before sure. we jump in, let's say final thoughts on whether or not we'd recommend what if, who we'd recommend it for. For me, Marvel is very much, after Endgame, it has become very, like, comfort food for me. Like, no matter what, I know I know that I am going to have a fun time, even if it's mediocre. Like, Black Widow, I thought was very eh, but I still, like, going to the theater, sitting next to my brother, seeing it, I was like, this is just awesome. Put a, put a smile on your face. And I will say that about What If 2. Like, it's it's fun. I, I can't stress that enough. So if you're a Marvel fan, like, you gotta watch it. You know, like, it's just, it's it's fun. And that being said, is it upper tier to top tier, even mid-tier Marvel material? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's very lower tier, at least right now. So right now, I'd probably give it, like, maybe, like, a six, which we'll see where it goes. I honestly, I think it's the writing that is letting it down, which is a shame. With a concept mm-hmm, as fun mm-hmm. as this. I'm looking forward to to more of the live-action shows that have more to do with the canon, but this is just, you know, on the side. A nice little fun 25 minutes of, of watching this wacky stuff. But I think with that, we're marking official spoilers. So, go nuts, boys. What do you want to talk about? Quick question. Wait, who ordered the calamari? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> okay. Garrett, Garrett, I want to hear. I want to hear what was the cringe stuff for you in episode two. There were definitely some Thanos lines that really had me going, <laughs> that were just not working for me. Come on, you didn't um, like him justifying his snap plan, even though he's a good guy. That that that's totally the, that's, got me. That's, that's that was thing, funny. I like that. What if you're, you know, if you're at a party and a guy's like, "Oh no, but we should do the Holocaust." Like, I don't care if <laughs> yeah. he gives to charity or whatever, but he's like, uh, "What if we just did the Holocaust?" <laughs> Uh, but that's, you know, his his smug, like, arrogance about his plan is still there despite him being a ravager, you know? He's just like, no, 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 but it'll be random. It's not technically a genocide, you see? it's It was funny once, and then they did it, I think, two more times throughout the episode, and I was like, okay, we did get, they? Like, I, I get thought... it. It was, like, three total, I think. And I, I agree with you, Garrett, after you gave the Holocaust example. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, you laugh, but then you think about it, you're like, wait, that's that's messed up. That episode specifically felt engineered to just be like, oh, get it? Because Drax's family is dead in the other universe. Which, my entire takeaway from this entire episode is that Peter Quill, like, when taken out of the context of the Guardians movies where he's mostly the main character, Peter Quill is so incompetent and selfish that the entire universe would literally have been saved by <laughs> itself if he just didn't get beamed up into space. Then again, that little stinger right at the end, him reuniting at that Missouri Dairy Queen I with mean, Kurt Russell the, himself. The dulcet tones of Kurt Russell, baby. <laughs> you gotta love it. Did they even get Pratt back for that one no, line? It didn't even Pratt's sound like back. him. It's just, it doesn't even look like Pratt, which I think is hilarious. Um, 
But no, you can't mistake Kurt Russell. I do appreciate the fact that they spend a lot of the time at the beginning talking about how T'Challa's goodness has influenced the people around him. And that his skills as a leader have changed the universe for the better. I do like that. But it didn't feel like they were taking as much advantage of the idea of T'Challa is the guy that's in space. It just feels like, what if the Marvel Universe were different? Because isn't the Black Panther suit in his necklace? I thought they were going to bring that out. No, when Shuri creates that technology oh, in the right. first Black Panther. I'm like, oh, here we go. We're going to get some fun super jacked collector versus space Black Panther <laughs> here. But jacked collector. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> that he's like super buff. and With Korg's has... arm, yeah. apparently. Yeah, like... Korg's arm. That's so sad. Somehow in the What If universe, the fact that Peter Quill wasn't abducted allowed... The Collector to get Captain America's shield, Hela's hat thing. Mjolnir, too, was in there? That, to me, says that the Avengers are all dead and, like, yeah, Ultron no, won or something at some destroyed. point. So Yondu was not lying to T'Challa. <laughs> there's, there's some version of that where it's just, like, second-string Avengers are running stuff since the first tier's all dead by the hands of the Collector. I liked his little robot lady getting her revenge considering how hard she goes out in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> they do save that cosmonaut dog which I like. And Howard the Duck is like way more in on this than any other thing <laughs> yeah, he's been he, in on. he actually got screen time which is really yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> for that whole 30 seconds where you think he's gonna be like a ravager at the end and he just gets oh, <laughs> left at the bar. should have done that. I do want to talk about the first episode, though, because I think, it, again, it has, like, more of a plot, even if it is just the first Captain America movie. Sure, yeah. Seamus, an observation you made is that they shoot Tommy Lee Jones before he gets the chance to speak, and then they bring in Bradley Whitford's character from that <laughs> Agent Carter one-shot, and they're like, yeah, we could get Bradley Whitford to do it. I did not even realize they had animated in Tommy Lee Jones. I didn't realize he got... <laughs> He gets Me straight up just shot immediately. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> His wrinkly animated face, that's so sad. Bradley Whiffer's always funny. He He's great in everything, and he has his... Yeah, I mentioned it before, his patented 1940s sexism going on of like, you're a girl, you can't go into the field, get out of here. And him taking credit later for it on the phone too, very classic, I, I like that. Big, buff Peggy gave me a lot of death by snoo snoo vibes for the whole every time she's sitting across from like little twink steve rogers i'm like yeah all right sure get it steve you, you got the big amazon lady after you about you got to bring out that uh hydra buster or whatever it's called i don't know oh, i thought their relationship was really good in this i wish yeah. that they had spent more time on it because it did feel rushed but their yeah. teamwork in the field is so good and, frankly, better than it is in the actual movie. The idea of Steve Rogers being the first Iron Man, that was really cool. I did not see that coming, so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I was big on that. that just the a very different kind of relationship for, for a captain and a, an Iron Man to, to have than what we've seen, obviously, in the MCU. And I love Skinny Steve, and I like seeing <laughs> yeah. more of Skinny Steve. He is a super compelling character, and I think that a lot of the time he gets diminished to, like, buff himbo or something. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like seeing that character go back to its roots. I have a quick question about the ending there with the calamari monster. 
is that supposed to be a monster I recognize, slash, is it the tentacle monster from the beginning of Guardians 2? I don't think it is. I think it's too big to be the tentacle monster from the beginning of Guardians 2, even though that is also what I initially thought it was. When they uh, said, like, it was an interdimensional space creature, I was like, oh, it's definitely going to be something we recognize, or, like, a twist on something. And yeah, me too, I dude. Like, I, I do not know what this is, so... I don't think it matters. I think it's just a thing for Peggy to have to go into the other dimension to fight. That did make me wonder if we could potentially see her pop up in a later episode. If she's been bumped into another dimension, you know. I don't even hate that idea. I'm into it. I I think that's another thing. Just like we were talking about with Star Wars Visions, this is a series where I think if people really react strongly to Captain Carter, for example. I won't use an example that I know is coming later because Rocky doesn't want to know. If people really (laughs) got attached to Captain Carter, why couldn't they just get Haley Atwell back and put her in Loki? You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I could definitely see, like, like, Peggy Carter appearing in, like, Loki season two or something. That would definitely be cool. I just just want to see better stuff from What If. I guess that's my consensus. Do either you guys have a what-if scenario in your own mind that in your perfect world you got to see a what-if scenario? What would you throw on the board? My favorite villain, like, oh, yeah, real original Rocky is Thanos. So uh, (laughs) I would would love, uh, like, a what-if Thanos was an Avenger. But we kind of got that in this episode with the Ravagers, so I I don't know if that would be treading the same ground, but I think I I would love to see that. I mean, I love buddy Thanos. Like, fun smiley Thanos, who, like, the worst thing about him is that he's got, like, a kind of a rough relationship with Gamora at this point. Like, I like that, man. I I would be totally in on that. To me, just because I am obsessed with Loki, and I love that first season, and it lends itself so well to that, like, insane what-if question, I think what if Loki and Sylvie did take up the mantle that was offered to them by... He Who Remains, and started to run the TVA themselves. I mean, that is just like a hat on a hat almost of just like, might as well do Rick and Morty interdimensional cable of just nonsense chaos. But that's kind of what I'm looking for too, mashing those ideas together. I I don't know. That's a good idea. I'm sure there are ones that would be more fun, but the one I keep coming back to is what if Luis was the one who stole the Ant-Man suit? Oh. Yo, dude, I'm into that. I like that because, you know, he wants to get up in that suit. I fully subscribe to the theory that Luis is in the battle as giant man in Endgame because there's that <laughs> weird continuity of like they show a shot of big giant Ant-Man like punching a thing in the face and then they quick cut to Scott Lang and he's small and people are like, what? How's that happening? Luis, man, Luis is big <laughs> and he's in on it. <laughs> He's going to recap the whole fight in that super fast talk way at some point. It's going to be glorious. I was going to say, he's got, like, members of the Dark Order, like, pinned down. And he's like, <laughs> so then, Scotty comes over and he's like, oh, you got to get in the Ant-Man suit so we can come fight Thanos. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but okay, I'm on the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect, dude. I that's That's what it is. With such a compelling cast of characters, and, you know, Rocky, you brought up Killmonger as... Uh, a character who's really strong and compelling, who I hope we see pop up later in this series. And I hope that later episodes take more advantage of the insanity that they can produce and don't just stick to being such silly in-jokes. Yeah, I really enjoyed, you know, these first couple episodes of What If. We'll probably revisit it a little bit down the line. I don't know 
exactly how many episodes there are. I think it ends sometime in October. So October is going to be a busy month for us, but also maybe all the movies in the world will get delayed. Yeah, who knows? That seems to be the trend, doesn't it? If we do cover it again, we'd love to have you back on, Rocky. Maybe Shri on with you, you know? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, That would be dope. Uh, I was just looking. It looks like there's going to be nine episodes total. So that would be like pretty much like mid to end October. But yeah, if, we, if we've if we got time, Rocky, we would just love to have you on again and talk more. What yeah, because... no, that would be a blast. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'd love to do that. With that, I think we're going to bump it on over to our pop culture reference of the episode, which is something near and dear to all three of our hearts. We're talking about Star Wars. This week's pop culture reference is the new Star Wars era, The High Republic. The High Republic is the latest era being explored in Disney's Star Wars canon, and it's being represented in print literature in both comic book form and novels of all reading levels. It's also branching off into audio dramas. Lasting around 200 years between approximately 300 years before the Battle of Yavin and 82 years before the Battle of Yavin, this was the period of time that the Galactic Republic was at the height of its strength and influence. Being set so far before the Star Wars films, the characters in the High Republic stories are largely new, with the occasional exception of an extremely old character, the most notable being Jedi Master Yoda. It is also likely Count Dooku could make an appearance down the line, as his training began at the tail end of the High Republic era. This largely unexplored part of Star Wars chronology has been referenced in other projects like Star Wars Squadrons and flashbacks within other canon novels, and presumably will start to influence more main series installments like The Mandalorian and future feature-length films. Rocky, I know uh, you kind of brought this up as a potential pop culture reference to talk about. We've talked about potentially covering it for the show. I've read several books, as mentioned earlier on the show. I know you've read the first two adult novels. What are your thoughts on this Star Wars era? I have been meaning to renew my nerd card and uh, read Star Wars books, get into the books and comics, uh, but I never really have taken that leap. So when I heard that they were doing the, the High Republic, I was like, wow, this is a perfect opportunity. And I was reading that you know, you can just kind of read the adult novels as quote-unquote main series, and if you want extra stuff, like, the other stuff's there for you. So I was like, okay, I'll definitely read Light of the Jedi and see what I think. And um, first, it was honestly kind of difficult, because being my first Star Wars book, Star Wars, obviously, I've only known it through visuals. So seeing it, having to read it and imagine it, there were times where I was like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, they're explaining, like, this... They're explaining this ship, and I'm like, this is so whack. Like, I'm like, I can't even, like, I had to, like, look up pictures. And then they're saying, like, a Togruta female walked in. I'm like, bro, how am I supposed to know what a Togruta is? <laughs> so, like, I have to have Wikipedia next to me, and I have to be looking up all this stuff. But then, after finishing it, being like, wow, that was awesome. I very much liked both of the books. It feels just so much fun. I feel, I literally feel like I'm reading a movie. Like, it's so hype. All the characters are very interesting, especially the Jedi. I think the Jedi are definitely the best part of it. The Nile, the villains are a close second. Garrett, you have read the books, you said, right? Yes, I have read Light of the Jedi, which is the first adult novel, The Rising Storm, which is the second adult novel, and A Test of Courage, which is the first young adult novel. And then, um, Seamus, you have not read the books. I haven't read any of them yet. They're they're definitely hot on my list just because people whose Star Wars opinion I truly respect, like you both, I've heard nothing but <laughs> incredible things about it. So I'm I'm definitely going to be jumping on that before I get left too far behind on those. 
at least read Light of the Jedi and Rising Storm. I think you will definitely get, get a big kick out of them. I'm kind of being a little wary because it's reminding me, at least the first two books, and Garrett, let me know if you feel the same way. It's reminding me a lot of episode seven in the sense that love the characters, love the ideas, love the mysteries that they're presenting us. But I'm very, very scared that the execution is not going to be good. Like, Markeon Rowe is so freaking interesting. Like, I want to know everything about him. Like, he is so scary. And, like, the one thing I love about him is that it reminds me of... Are you guys fans of Avatar The Last Airbender? I've been meaning to get into it for literally forever. And I should have watched it over COVID. I was waiting to watch it with somebody. And I'm not going to watch it with them anymore. So now I'm just kind of, like, in a weird... (laughs) I have actually just recently started Avatar The Last Airbender for the first time. And it's awesome. I'm very into it. I'm at the tail end of the first season. So I am still very much a novice on that stuff. But I, I'm loving okay. every second of it. That's awesome. So I, I have seen it, like, I think, like, 12 times. Like, Whoa. it is literally, like... Oh, my God. Like, I first watched it when I was, like, five years old, and it is, like, my favorite show of all time. There's a villain in Avatar who I don't think you've met yet, Seamus, but the way that she presents herself, she never, like, really screams when she's being intimidating. She's just talking in a normal voice. And that's what I get from Mark hmm. Road. He is just, like, so intimidating, but he's not being over the top. One last thing I wanted to mention was that I showed my brother and my dad, who are big Star Wars fans, I showed them... Gary, you know how the books have, like, their own opening crawls? Yeah, those are cool. Which is amazing, because literally I feel like I'm going into a movie. I sat my brother and my dad down, and I was like, okay, guys, let me paint the scene for you. You're in the theater. (laughs) You know, you've seen trailers for this High Republic Star Wars movie. You're not sure, but you're, you know, you're looking forward to it. Star Wars comes on the screen, and then this is what you get. And I had them each read the opening crawl. And they literally looked at me and they're like, this just makes me sad that it's not a movie. Like, (laughs) Both of them said, like, it is just so rich and so ripe for storytelling that I just, I'm glad that they're doing it in print form. I think it's awesome. But if they do not at least announce a High Republic movie, I know they're doing the Acolyte, but like, I want to see Avar Chris, like Elzar Man, like I want to see them in live action. I feel like they are great characters. So I love the High Republic so far. But I am cautiously optimistic about the future because they're setting up really interesting stuff and I want to make sure they stick the landing. So yeah, that's my that's my overall thoughts on it. I mean, High Republic to me, I definitely agree. I would love to see these characters in live action. I definitely have like actors that I kind of picture in my head. I think part of the reason that the storytelling in these is so good and that they're able to take so many risks is the fact that they know as a currently publishing only Star Wars endeavor, they do not have to please everyone. They don't have to make a billion dollars to be considered a success. With that in mind, I think that probably we're more likely to see something like an animated series or a video game down the line. I would love to see them jump into other art forms. And I think, as Seamus mentioned at the beginning of the pop culture reference, you know, they're expanding into things like audio dramas. So, yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with that. Like, maybe maybe I'm just jumping the gun. Like, oh, I no, mean, I want it to be. I want a movie. But like, I, I agree with I you. I saying. would love to see it. I'm just trying to th- I'm trying to think like Disney. You know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. I have a feeling that they're investing so much into this new era that they're, it's inevitable that we'll get live action installments of this era soon enough, like, a couple years down the line for sure. But, you know, I would not be upset about a, a series animated or live action if they wanted to do the video game route i would positively be delighted with like a knights of the high republic style like rpg maybe which which would be a lot of fun i would really explode if they really right? announced uh, like a knights of the high republic game that would be hype 
I'm excited to figure out just exactly what the heck you both are talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I think that wraps us up for this week's pop culture reference. So let's move it on over to Save the Rec Center. Now it's time to Save the Rec Center, where we give you our weekly recommendations. Rocky, as our guest, I think you should go first. What do you got for us? So I can recommend, like, any anything? Literally anything in the world that you want to recommend. It doesn't have to be movie or media or anything related. It, it usually is on this show, but you could do whatever you like. All right, I am going to go on the wagon that I was on a little bit ago. Uh, my recommendation is going to be I've tried The Last Airbender. I can't stress enough how good it is. I think it's like, I probably would say it is the best story ever told, in my opinion. I think it's just, wow. it is incredible. There's certain people where I talk to and I'm like, ah, yeah, you probably wouldn't like Star Wars. Like, you'd be like, oh, it's cool, but you wouldn't be like a fan. Literally Avatar, like anyone, I'm like, oh, you would you would like it. You would like it. Like my, my parents, I showed it to them during COVID last year and they were like, this is just amazing. So it takes a lot of inspiration from Eastern culture is really cool too. There's even some Indian stuff that they throw in, which I really appreciate. So yeah, overall, like Avatar, gotta watch it. And once you do, let me know what element you would bend. So like I said before, I'm into the first season and I I think it's fantastic. The humor is absolutely wonderful. The action of the element bending is super fun. You know I love our boy Dave Filoni's fingerprints all over that kind <laughs> oh, of emotional yeah. kind of story that he can still fit in that like massive entertainment factor. I I will take that wreck and finally get off my ass and finish that series just for you, Rocky. <laughs> if it's got that official Greatest story of all time. Eat your heart out. The Odyssey, Hamlet, and the Epic of Gilgamesh. So, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And then, of course, you can cap it off with like, the M. Night Shyamalan viewing. Yeah, perfect. Oh, the perfect yeah. night I've always wa- I've always wanted to see it, but only after I saw the actual series, so I don't poison myself. Bro, take it from me, who was, <laughs> I think, 10 when the movie came out, and I went into the theater with my brother and my mom, and I was like... Oh boy, this is gonna be amazing! Oh, poor it. little Rocky. I'm so I sorry. Like, I was like, what just happened? Oh, uh, just walking like, out crying. First... <laughs> God. Like, I think in my memory, that was the first movie I came out of that I was like, that was not good. But yeah, that's my wreck. What about you guys? Well, I can I can head up next. I I just actually experienced this last night, so this is a super recent one for me. But I I kind of fell in love with it. Garrett, I'm sorry to say, buddy, I don't think it's on. PS5, it's only PS4, but right now there's a 100% free game that just got released called Splitgate, which I don't know if either of you have heard about it, but it is... Rambling to my remote control right now. (laughs) It is... I mean, the best way to describe it, it's Halo online deathmatches with portals from Portal. Holy wow. 100% accurate, like, portal mechanics with the physics and all with just like go massacre people for fun and like have the little zero g jumping around all that kind of stuff it's just like almost a little too much of a ripoff of halo like the characters look like spartans and they like do the killing spree and all that stuff when you're like doing well but it's a blast like i said it's free and it's insane that it's free because it is very well done for even the beta stage that it's in so if you got a ps4 and you want to just have some weird fun. Give give it a shot. It takes like thirty minutes to download, and it's totally worth it. Dang, I'm just play... looking at it right now. It looks it looks fire. 
Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. I had never, I hadn't even heard of it. My little brother texted me about it, asking if I heard about it, and I I downloaded it on a whim last night, and it's awesome. They just decided to keep it free to play since there was so much support is, right away. I have hit the button on my phone. It is downloading to my PS5 right now. <laughs> oh, am I a fool? Oh, I'm glad I'm a fool because I definitely want you to try it out, man. Shame I think it's, are I think on it's a like, blast. Like right after this, right? Hell yeah, dude. I'm going to do it. All right, but Garrett, I after after that, what do you got to close us out? My rec center also comes to you from my leisure activity last night. In very quick succession, I think the second or third Steven Soderbergh film I have rec centered on the show, 1998's out of sight starring George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez and also an insane supporting cast I had no idea was in it including Don Cheadle, Albert Brooks, Ving Rhames and Katherine Keener. No kidding. Okay, hell of a supporting cast. Oh my goodness. I think it is literally maybe the best cast ever in a movie <laughs> Steve Zahn. Like get out of here. Have you seen this one either of you? I have I'm not no, actually. I'm at it right now and it looks really interesting. I have heard about this movie forever. I'm obviously a Soderbergh fan. No Sudden Move is a film that Seamus and I both recently very much enjoyed. Uh, Rocky, it's streaming right now on HBO Max, if you're interested. And it is the story of a criminal, George Clooney, and a federal marshal, Jennifer Lopez, who, through this kind of kismet, weird, wrong place, wrong time situation, meet and have an immediate sexual connection. Oh, of course. It is probably the most, like, sexually charged movie I have ever seen. (laughs) And I don't mean that in it's, like, it's not graphic, there's no nudity at all, but they have just such intense chemistry that even, like, them looking across a room at each other for a second is electric. The casting is so well done, and the directing is so well done, and it was clearly made as like a stepping stone for Soderbergh fresh off like sex lies and videotape to get into those bigger budget films like you know he would make the limey I think like the year after this came out and then obviously on the oceans you know it's got the cast and the scope and the tone of a bigger budget film but it's got that Steven Soderbergh weird 70s low budget charm that you just love streaming on stars so I don't think many people have access to stars but Hell yeah, man. That sounds like the perfect recipe right there for an awesome time. So I gotta swindle myself a stars account somehow. It looks really good. But I've also got like a mini baby rec center, which is oh. the YouTube channel Culture Cantina. Oh, hey. you beat me to it, Garrett. Oh, oh you beat me to him. it. <laughs> I got him. Rocky, I love checking out your videos every time you post a new one. Your Kanye album ranking was really entertaining i really enjoyed the heck out of that i I was just gonna say i just platinumed uh, the last of us part two with my girlfriend and i loved watching your guys's review of that too i think like we were connected at the brain on that everything you guys were saying was like on the level with what i think it was wonderful oh dude thank you so much guys that's really really nice coming from coming from the both of you like i've I've listened to a couple of your guys's podcasts i know there's a lot so i just picked like (laughs) <laughs> I think I did like the first one and then like I did like a random one. But yeah, no, you guys do a great job too. I love I love your guys' structure and you know your dedication to it. It's really hard to find time to do stuff like this. Like, you know, even though it's stuff we love, it's it, you got to kind of move your schedule around with it. So I really commend you guys that you guys are really passionate about this stuff. And yeah, I love talking about this just as you guys do. 
And yeah, I hope we can uh, do this again. And I'll definitely get my brother to come. Would love to talk about stuff like this. This was so much fun. You said such nice things about us. Also, I'm I'm tearing up a little <laughs> bit here, Rocky. Um, where can we find you guys on social like, media? Obviously, you've got Culture Cantina on YouTube, but like you got you want to plug your private socials? Do you have other socials for the for the YouTube channel? Oh yeah, no, I'll say so. Yeah, Culture Cantina on YouTube, and then also Garen and Seamus. I briefly know about this, but um, I actually want to pursue uh, screenwriting as my career. And I have a Instagram called, it's just called Rocky the Screenwriter. Definitely I'll follow it if you get a chance. I just post like, you know, screenwriting updates of uh, what I want to share with the world. So that's basically where I like to share my stuff. So yeah, Rock, Rocky the Screenwriter on Instagram. Yeah, I, nice, I love seeing man. those pop up in my feed. Yeah, well, if you want to reach our show, that is going to be PCR underscore podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And that is popculturereferencepod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube if you just search up Pop Culture Reference Podcast. I am at Strother Garrett on Twitter and I think Instagram. And I am at Walk of Seamus on Twitter. And I think I'm just at Seamus Connolly on Letterboxd. Why don't you go ahead and follow me on oh, there? Yeah, I'm on at, at Strother Garrett on Letterboxd as well. Rocky, you on Letterboxd? No, I do IMDb, but would you guys recommend doing Letterboxd? I think it's a really nice way to just kind of, like, for myself, keep a diary. That's something I used to do, like, in high school anyway, of, like, films I watched. It's a much more automated, easier way to kind of sort films you've seen, kind of keep an eye on the films you're watching. If you're, I don't use the social media aspect of it as much, but I always love seeing Seamus pop up on there, and he's like, had Kara rate three stars on whatever movie he watched. Or whatever, <laughs> yeah, <you know>? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Garrett, you were the one who turned me on to Letterboxd, and I, I, like you said, I don't really use it too much for the social media aspect of it, but, you know, if you want to you wanna give us a follow on there, you could get a little sneak preview of maybe what we're going to bring up on the show any given week, so, you know, give it a shot. And Rocky, I would love if you ever if you ever make the journey over there, I would definitely give you a follow. I'd love to see any reviews oh, me too, or ratings dude. you have on there. Oh, that for sure, really yeah. Fun. I will I will let you guys know. I I'm I, another friend of mine recommended uh Letterboxd, so I think I'll I think I'll start it one of these days. So yeah, I'll let you yeah. guys know for sure. Wonderful. Perfecto. Well, we absolutely adored having you on the show, Rocky. This was so much fun. And we want to do it again soon. Maybe if we end up doing the rest of the What If season, maybe for Star Wars Visions, maybe for High Republic, we'll figure out something. You know, we love a lot of the same stuff and we could talk for hours about it. And if you want to tune in next week to Pop Culture Reference, it sounds like maybe we're covering F9 the Fast Chaga thing. So we, <laughs> oh, are we diving in? I think we have to, man. I think we've, honestly, I think we've waited too long, Garrett. I think it, it's overdue. It really is. If we, like the second we were able to stream it at home, we should have been on your broken couch with our coronas My disintegrated in hand. couch in our white tank tops, shaving our heads bald. It's a whole process. <laughs> God. That Halloween oh, fire. Group Halloween costume of the Fast and the Furious crew, where only one person is recognizable? Uh, Question mark. Uh, group costume of the Fast and the Furious crew, but you're all Dom Toretto? <laughs> there it is. That's the ticket right there. But I think that wraps us up for this week's episode of Pop Culture Reference. Rocky, once again, thank you so much for coming on. And to our listeners, we will see you next week. Adios, amigos. Thank you. Take care.